2: Uh, well, hello there you you out there you wrestling fan. Welcome to the Wednesday Night War podcast right here on fightful.com, fightfulwrestling.com or youtube.com/fightful wherever it is. You decide to watch this. I am Mr. Warren Hayes and we are going to be talking about the uh, the 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 war of attrition that happens every Wednesday evening between AEW Dynamite and NXT from the good, good folks at World Wrestling Entertainment. We thank you for joining us this evening. Uh, Once again, uh, it's always great to see you guys show up, jump in, and listen to us break down these two shows. It's always a great way to show support. And another great way to show support, of course, is to head on over to FightfulSelect.com and join Fightful Select, which is Fightful's uh, subscription service. It's premium service where you get Premium content—you get all sorts of extra. Of course, you—you you guys know already that on Fightful and stuff, you get all the news, you get all the scoopsies, you get all that great stuff there. But on Fightful Select, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, what do you, what do you not get? It would be shorter. You don't get uh, blueberry waffles. Then that's pretty much it. That.
3: That would be a but nice that service. would be a
2: nice service. Maybe there is an audience. I'm a French toast maybe there, guy. <laughs> maybe there is an audience for for uh, for blueberry pancakes. But look, as it stands right now, instead of that, you'll get Sean Rossap who does Q and A sessions where he, he answers thousands of questions every week. I might be slightly exaggerating, but it feels like a lot. He also does the back, backstage report every Monday. You get extra content from the list and the and your boy. Podcast that he does with Jimmy Van. You get uh, Stephen Jensen, who does uh, who covers all things non WWE, and you get Alex Palowski as well, who does uh, recaps, reviews, in depth analysis of Raw and SmackDown uh, every week uh, on a show he calls Sour Graps. He does it twice a week. And uh, on Wednesday nights, he joins us here this evening, and we're very privileged to have him in his uh, in, in in the best mood that he has, wrestling watching wrestling all week. Alex, how are you doing tonight?
3: Uh, good. Uh, the takeover sh- should be great, um, but the takeover go home shows have usually been a mixed bag, uh, and tonight was no different. So you know, I'm 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 trying to stay um, optimistic. About about the weekend, considering that they just left me with a big old mixed match turd to end the show.
2: <laughs> that's that's something you do. not I think that's a medical condition, actually. When you think of, I, yeah, yeah, I think that's true. It I, might I, be I really. And uh, you may notice a fresh face tonight on the panel folks as uh, many of you if you follow on twitter you probably have seen this if not it's coming as a surprise to you but our good pal Louis Dan Gore's uh, tenure at uh, Fightful has come uh, come to an end Louis is off uh, well basically having good night's sleeps on Wednesdays but we do thank Louis tremendously for uh, hanging out with us over the past few weeks he was a uh, uh, he he was great to have around he was a good uh, he was a good third member of our team and we wish him well but moving forward, filling up these huge, huge British shoes is none other than Fightful Contributor Robert DeFelice, who will be the third man in this uh, in this NWO we call Wednesday nights. Robert, how are you doing?
4: I'm much better than Mabel as a third man, but I don't know if I can be as good as Louis, but I'm gonna try to be. It's good to well, be. Well, I mean, if there's anything, you know,
2: you've got you've got a better hairline than Louis. Hey-o! So that being said, we are going to start breaking down the shows tonight. By the way, folks, if you if you want to stick around till the very end, we will be doing our Takeover Thirty One predictions at the end of the show. But to kick this one off, Alex Palowski, who won tonight, NXT or AEW? Uh, AEW by default. Oh, oh wow, Robert. Wow. Robert, in your <laughs> opinion, who won tonight?
4: Well, I think AEW had a little bit better of a show. I wouldn't say it was by default. I don't know if anything was as intense as that Finn Balor, Kyle O'Reilly segment, but AEW was a lot of fun. Well,
2: I guess we're going to be starting off with AEW tonight. By the way, folks, if you want to drop us a super chat, that's also a very good way to show some support for everything that we do here at Fightful. Drop a super chat. Go right ahead and I will read your question or comment live on the air, such as the super chat left t- to us by Evan Wright. Thank you very much. Evan, who says, Robert Appreciation Super Chat. There you go. Straight oh, thank off the you. bat. Sour grabs and Alex Appreciation Super Chat. Mr. Warren Hayes wow. show appreciation super chat. AEW was real good tonight. IMO. I agree. It was a pretty fun show. Let's start talking about it, Robert, who will be. Uh, covering the AEW beat for us as we uh, as we move as we move along, we started off the evening with uh, Ricky Starks versus Darby Allen. We get a video package throughout all of this as well, which is quite unusual uh, for uh, Dynamite, which usually just dives right into the uh, into the matches. But uh, here we got uh, we got Ricky Starks versus Darby Allen. This is a, a a feud that's been brewing on Dynamite for uh, for quite a while now. Darby uh, blocks a uh, Stark spear. Uh, by just grabbing him and, and grapevining him, which was really cool. There's a suplex on the apron that happens again, and of course, one of those uh, crazy suicide dives that Darby Allen does. Like I like to say, he puts the suicide in suicide dive. He really it's does. Crazy. Brian Cage come uh, comes out to run some interference, but Robert, who comes in to uh, to interfere with the interference, but. Will Hobbs, they are not giving up on this guy, man. They want to make him into something special. I thought this was cool.
4: I think uh, Will Hobbs, who was announced that he'll be challenging Brian Cage next week for the FTW title. I think he's going to be a big money player. I think they clearly have plans for him. They paired him up with Moxley week one. It's going to be a fun match next week, and this was a nice little tease. It was. It absolutely was.
2: Uh, Starks tries to uh, take Alan out with uh, some submissions. Darby hits a destroyer, and man, they start paint brushing each other across the face. Like, I was terrified for their eardrums. Starks, uh, Stark yeah. hit, Starks hits a spear as Darby comes off the ropes with a springboard. Uh he tries for a an avalanche Rochambeau, but it's thwarted into the coffin drop. Darby Allen gets the win. What'd you think of the match?
4: Yeah, I the coffin drop to the back looked like it hurt. I don't know how Darby Allen feels about doing this stuff. I don't know if he looks at Jeff Hardy on SmackDown and he's like, I should maybe try not to end up like this guy, but he's having a lot of fun going balls to the wall. I thought it was fun. Uh, Ricky Stark's going to be a, another big deal, but Darby Allen's always been money yeah. for them, and this was another sign that they're not giving up on Darby. And, that, and that's really,
2: really good. Uh, I mean, they've got time with Darby Allen, of course, but I think you know, since wrestling fans are usually very, very impatient, we sort of want—I feel—we sort of want him in a title picture sooner than later. Wouldn't you say?
4: I I would agree. I, I don't know how he hasn't been for the TNT title or the guy to beat Cody. But I guess it's coming down the line. Evan
2: Wright left us a super chat. Thank you very much, Evan. He says, give me Will Hobbs on excursion in New Japan post-COVID and give me him versus Tomohiro Ishii, Goto,
4: Shingo, and Suzuki. <laughs> yes. and he... As Big E would say, big meaty men slapping meat. I would like to see that's that as well.
2: Pretty much, Yeah, That's it. that's exactly what would happen and those would be hard-hitting matches he also adds starks is so good which is also true um and i'm really glad that ricky starks ricky starks is going to be one of these guys who is going to benefit tremendously from not being in the nwa there's some guys who will but who would have benefited from being in the nwa but i think he was just a little too uh, he he was he didn't quite fit the nwa mode mold and he's going to break out here in aw he also adds happy belated birthday alex which also, and there Thank is also you. a super chat from Benoit Parisse who left a super chat. Thank you, Ben. Also wishing you a happy birthday. Happy birthday, Alex, and great work.
0: Ah, happy and, birthday
2: and great work, gentlemen. And uh, <laughs> DGMC leaves us a super chat as well. He says, "Who hits their bar their body more, Darby Allen or Kota Ibushi?"
4: <laughs> I don't think there's a debate here. Kota Ibushi's got Twitter accounts donated to body parts that just. Feel bad every day because he insists on hurting yeah. them. So I think I, it's. Current. I think I
2: have to, but by like a smidge, I agree. Um, Cody Rhodes comes out for an interview, uh, all in his black anime villain look. Uh, he uh, he says uh, the people that re- the the reason people shake hands in the locker room backstage is because they need each other. Uh, okay, and this somehow leads him into talking about the fact that he that he's on the go the 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 go big uh, show the go big show right that's the name of the that's the name that's of the right. thing and he's pl- he basically plugs that plugs the people that he's on there with and he wonders uh and he wonders why he's surrounded by these international superstars when he's the guy who lost the TNT title in 3 minutes and in regards to Brody Lee's challenge for a dog collar match he says that uh he the the answer is very simple it's no he walks away we are all stunned but oh, oh what a master of theatrics he turns right around comes back and says no as in no regrets no turning back Ooh, no he regrets. accepts the challenge and as he does robert the dark order pours out uh, he and and then everything just like goes wild he and brody lee Start fighting. Officials arrive. They start pulling each other apart, or well, they pull them apart. They don't pull each other apart. That'd be that'd be gross. Uh, they, 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 everyone, there's a pull apart brawl. I guess is what I'm trying to say here. Uh, Brandy runs out to stick up for her man, and she meets Anna J, and they start fighting. Nyla Rose gets involved. Lee Brody Lee leaves and comes back again. Dude, this was. This was uh, crazy cuckoo stuff. What did you think of the whole segment?
4: Oh, first of all, I want to say I, I empathize with Cody Rhodes. I know that My Chemical Romance was supposed to have their reunion tour this time of year. He clearly got in the spirit. He forgot about COVID. I don't know how, but he is looking like the emo star of the movie in 2008. It's tremendous. <laughs> Uh, this was an okay promo. It was a little cheesy. I think if Roman Reigns. If babyface Roman Reigns cut this promo, people wouldn't have liked it as much because the no regrets thing is a little corny. But we get to them pulling apart. I like this. I like the idea of a dog collar match. Should be some good old school fun because God knows Cody's obsessed with the NWA. And I think it'll be great. If it had been peak,
3: like, babyface... Shoehorn Roman Reigns. He wouldn't have said no. No regrets. He would have said the answer is no. No way, Jose. <laughs> they
4: would have given That's him right. Something like that to say. And then he would have exited doing the Congo line with No Way Jose. It would have been amazing.
3: Right there you yeah, go. Right
4: yep. Um,
2: eloquent left us a super chat saying. LMAO Nyla Rose beating up Kylen King uh, Kylin King for no reason that was pretty funny she just she just saw the opportunity you know she's like the person in a in, in a bar when a bar fight starts and they're and they just like oh people are fighting and then picks up a bottle and smashes it across someone's head just because people are fighting and she, they had the opportunity to do it that was Nyla Rose tonight that was really funny DGMC leaves a super chat. Thank you, DGMC, says Cody's Henry Rollins cosplay is unimpressive, in my opinion.
4: It it really is. It's tremendous what Cody's doing. I wonder how long it takes before he goes back to the blonde, but I'm enjoying him embracing his darker side.
2: Tony Schiavone is uh, hanging out with uh, FTR, the uh, AEW Tag Team Champions. Uh, they, uh, they're, well, they're not hanging out. He's actually, he's conducting an interview. I was just, you know, trying to show that they're all friends and I'm being casual about stuff. But, uh, FTR called the best friends backyarders, calls SCU a great tag team. And he says the young bucks don't deserve a shot. Then suddenly out of nowhere, Matt Jackson appears and he super kicks Tony Schiavone. Yeah. And then he's sort of like, uh, Nick, uh, let's go where, where he seemed confused. FTR were confused because they're like, hey, we're right here. Stop super kicking old men and referees. What odds to a bit of uh, know, odd the,
4: for, First of all, uh, FTR brings up Dave Meltzer to, I'm sure it's so much to his delight with the, uh, well, they're too worried about the stars they get from Dave Meltzer, but I have a problem with them super kicking Shivani. What did Shivani ever do to them? They're going to make him leave wrestling again. It's going to be a lot more boring without Tony Shivani I wouldn't go around super kicking one of the best broadcasters in the history of our sport. But I mean, they they, they super kicked Marvez, and you know, yeah, but Marvez that Marvez isn't
2: Shivani. This is true. Uh, a little later on, uh, a little later on, the uh, we have SCU who cut a promo, um, saying that uh, they cut a promo themselves. Basically, the Kazarian actually says the line, and I wonder how. I wonder how. Uh, how sincerely he's saying the line or if he's saying it ironically, but he literally delivered the line. FTR is playing checkers, but we're playing chess. I don't know if, if, if that was, if that was ironic or not, but as they're going into the ring, Scorpio, Scorpio sky runs into Sean Spears. who is was just like hanging out and looking menacing. And that leads us into the match. SCU versus FTR, a 20 minute brush with greatness for the AEW tag team titles. Hangman Page joins uh, on commentary, who says that he's not done with tag team wrestling, uh, Robert. And this has been an ongoing thing over the past couple of weeks. And uh, we've heard Kenny on commentary saying he wants to get back to singles work. And uh, I kind of like the fact that we finally got Hangman's perspective here.
4: Yeah, I think Hangman is clearly, there's some wires crossed. He wants one thing. Kenny's already moved on, but... Hangman sat around, he had a, a drink, watched a great 20-minute tag team match, and got to see who he thought he would be challenging for the tag team titles down the line. And as you said, this was a
2: this was a really good tag team match here. Dax and Kazarian have a strong exchange at first. Um, Christopher Daniels gets tossed out as well. Uh, FDR gets suckered into a, to- a on Hilo by Scorpio Sky. And uh, they do their their typical tactics of keeping the baby faces cut off from uh from their corner, but I mean FTR do it so well and it's so smooth and precise in the way they do it. It's always a joy to watch. Uh, Kazarian get does get a great hot tag, some big strikes. Uh, he he does an a combination O'Connor roll German suplex on both FTR guys, which was pretty cool. Great tag team offense by both guys. Stereo cutters by SCU. Um, FTR powerbombs, uh, Kazarian, FTR, did I say FTU? FTR powerbomb Kazarian followed... Yeah, no, uh, FTU. that could be, the, you know, if they ever become a team together. If they ever merge, if they ever come it. together. Uh, forever the uncensored, I don't know, look, let's move on. They, the point here is that they powerbomb Kazarian followed by a dragon sleeper. Um, FTR try, uh, a doomsday device, but it's reversed by SCU. There's some near falls by... Uh, Scorpio Sky, but some Tully interference, help FTR get the win. Like, I thought I thought this was a very strong match. I thought it was very, very entertaining. What are your thoughts, Robert?
4: Great tag team wrestling. Uh, something you don't see on any other channel, really. And this was just a lot of fun. I enjoyed the old school Bobby Heenan. I'm going to pull your foot while you're doing the suplex for the three count. This was fantastic, and FTR continues to look strong. I think they're ten and zero now. Yeah, something something to that effect. And, and what
2: what's cool, and you pointed it out, you know, FTR they always say they're all about the old school stuff, and your manager just holding on to the foot to to guarantee the win. I mean, you can't get you can't get a more old school manager finish it's, than it's that.
4: Heel wrestling one hundred and one, which I think gets lost. And when they do it, they don't do it ironically. I know a lot of people like to poke fun at the tropes of wrestling, but they really dig their heels in. They get it. And it's a lot of fun to watch.
2: Yes. Alex likes to poke fun. I
4: I poke
3: fun at the tropes of wrestling, but, (laughs) uh, but no, it's not, it's not done. Like uh, the thing is, is that it's, it's so classic that it's never done anymore. Like one thing, if every single heel tag team had a manager that was holding the ankle during a suplex and they did it every single week, that's usually what I have a problem with. This is like so old it's yeah. new again. I, I love, love it,
4: it. It's a
2: thing of beauty, really. It really is. Evan Wright left us a super chat. Thank you, Evan. He says this was tag team wrestling. Take notes, WWE. Well, WWE. W- well, first of all, WWE needs
4: to find some tag teams outside of the Street Profits and Angel Garza and Andrade. They can't. Look see at it the new guy it.
2: stealing my lines. That's exactly what I wanted to say. The new guy is he's already—he's already stealing my lines.
4: Oh, we're in sync already. Okay, let, just let, 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 let's
2: call it simpatico. That, that's better. Okay, DGMC leaves us a super chat as well. Thank you very much. Says um, he's just not that. He's excuse me. He's just not that into you too. Starring
4: Hangman Page. <laughs> oh, poor Hangman. Um. Yeah, I think maybe he thought he would be the new golden lover, and it's, it's just not working not out. Not
2: quite that way. that way. No, no. Kenny will only have. There's only be one special place in his heart. Uh, later on FTR run into the best friends and uh, they call the best friends the comedic relief while orange Cassidy calls them weenies okay
4: yeah um weenies we're, we're, we're really uh, enjoying the weenies term I don't know it's a little cheesy but it, it works, works for, for them. orange it
2: just works for orange uh we also have, um, we also have an announcement Robert and this is to me is pretty exciting as a fan of tournament wrestling. We're gonna get an an eight yes. man single elimination tournament. Finals are gonna be held at Full Gear for the uh, for the AEW World Title shot. For a AEW World Title shot, the uh, the winner will be determined at Full Gear. As it stands right now, three competitors have been announced: Jungle Boy, Ray Phoenix, and much to Hangman's
4: dismay, Kenny Omega. Oh. Uh, imagine, you know, you're sitting here with the drink in hand, trying to get over your, your your partner there, and then you find out he's already moved on. I mean, brutal. Poor Hangman. It is a breakup story. I'm guessing he's going to be number four in that tournament, and maybe that's the finals. If I was a betting man, I'd say that's the finals right there. Hangman, Omega. Well, I, what's exciting right now, I find, look, Kenny Omega getting back,
2: officially back into the singles business and in a, a high-stakes tournament, That's good stuff. Something that a lot of people were excited to see. Ray Phoenix, uh, giving a also getting some solo shine. I'm all for it. I think he's fantastic as well.
4: Yeah, um, I I think it's a good shot for him. I'm sure, uh, wherever Phoenix is, Penta's not too far behind. I know they're working with a skeleton crew, but. I'm really excited, mostly for Kenny. I think Kenny's got to go on to win this thing. I think people are ready for the cleaner. They're ready for some singles match, seven-star Omega. And I think it's been long overdue. I think it
2: has been long overdue. Evan Wright, in fact, leaves us a super chat again. Thank you, Evan. Says, inject Omega versus Jungle Boy into my veins directly. That's going to be a good one.
4: Yeah, I know a lot of people who feel that way. And this could be a breakout moment for Jungle Boy, too. He's... He's looking like he could make a star out of himself in this tournament. Next, we had uh, Isaiah Cassidy of uh,
2: the private party team, accompanied to the ring by his partner Mark Quinn and Matt Hardy, versus Chris Jericho, accompanied to the ring by the Inner Circle. Um, All five of them. them, Everyone was there. Jericho taunts Cassidy, who fires up and takes him down early on. Jericho gets slingshotted out of the ring, and they brawl on the floor. And... To everyone's surprise, here, Japanese deathmatch legend Luther gets some shots in on Chris Jericho. Tell me, tell me, I wasn't alone in in just in in just being. What is going on here?
4: Oh, what do you mean? That's you don't know who that is. That's Japanese deathmatch legend. Luther. He can hit anybody anytime he wants. He could win the tournament, right? By being in the tournament, he will win the tournament for the AEW World title shot because he's the Japanese deathmatch legend. This was a surprise, but then you get into the well, they were friends back in Canada and now they're gonna have a match next week. It's Jericho. You could say what you want, but Jericho is looking out for his buddies and Going to bring Luther into and, a top spot here. Okay. And that's and, okay. And I'm okay
2: with that. Look, I'm all for fresh matches. Don't get me wrong. Um, uh, Cassidy hits a corkscrew plancha to the floor after all of these shenanigans happen. He hits a swanton. Um, Hager even tries to interfere. Doesn't stop Cassidy from, from going forward. There's a slingshot stunner on Jericho, which I think was supposed to be the silly string. Didn't quite happen that way. Jericho hits a Lion Salt, goes for a Lion Salt, but Cassidy gets the knees up, and then Cassidy hits a Lion Salt of his own, hits a Code Breaker as well, but Cassidy dives into a Judas effect, and Chris Jericho gets the win. Uh, And after the match, um, the Inner Circle get a few shots in, but Matt Hardy chases them off with a chair. What did
4: you think about the match overall, Robert? I I thought this was really cool. And... Cool moment for Cassidy, I'm sure. Growing up watching Jericho, got to hit the Codebreaker, got to do the Lion Salt, and he put up a fight. And then, of course, nobody kicks out of the Judas Effect. Uh, it's a good finisher. I look to see more singles action from Private Party, but I don't want to see it just yet because they've got tag titles. They to do. Win. Oh, okay. You, tag titles.
2: That's what you'd like to see pick up. Uh, you'd like to see them pick up uh, pick up the tag titles first and foremost.
4: Yeah, I mean, that is their main priority. But at least we know that there's a future beyond that. Anti-villain Firestorm left us a super chat. Thank you very much for
2: that. Uh, He says, uh, I can see Isaiah Cassidy in the near future, to be honest. Uh, It would be interesting in like three three to five years, I guess he means as a champion. Uh, uh, Also, how do you guys feel about Austin Gunn? What are your
4: feelings on Austin Gunn? Uh, Austin Gunn, I mean... I'll be honest with you, if his father is any indication, be a lot of potential and not a lot behind the potential. You know what I mean? Uh, Billy Gunn is like the premier. He was Dolph Ziggler before <laughs> Dolph Ziggler. That's a good. So, all, all potential, no actual payout from the potential. I hope Austin Gunn does better. To me, Austin
2: Gunn right now, I think he's very, very green and he's extremely generic, but he's, you know, give him time to grow. Give him a couple of years, he might all surprise us. Um, or at least me. Evan Wright left us a super chat as well. Thank you, Evan. It says, jumped out of my seat at the Lion salt spot. Yeah, that was really cool. I thought I thought it was pretty fun that Jericho let Cassidy hit two of his big moves on him. That was pretty
4: fun. Oh, uh, Jericho knows what he's doing. He's gonna he's trying to build the future on his back. And I think he's having a lot I of fun. I think he doing is
2: enjoying it. himself, and that's
4: at, at his
2: stage of his career, if he's not having fun, what's the point in doing it, right? Exactly. Next, we have a vignette with Kip Sabian and Miro, who are preparing, getting ready for the bachelor party. Miro is, he feels a little overwhelmed. Kip has very, very high standards, and they they end up, they're in an arcade, they're playing all sorts of games, and they end up on a DDR machine. Kip taps out and someone comes and joins Miro to play DDR. And it is none other than Billy Mitchell. Now, I, yes. I realized, because I tweeted out when I saw that, I tweeted it out. I said, Billy Mitchell is a horrible person. <laughs> and and I, then I realized <laughs> that a lot of people don't know who Billy Mitchell is. And I'm like, okay, so I, yes. I, I, am an, I am very much a dork. But that's okay. And in case you don't know, just as a, for a bit of context, it, you've probably heard of the 2007, seven eight documentary, A Fistful of Quarters, The King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters. Yes. Where you have the story of this one guy who is training to become the Donkey Kong world champion, and he's trying to unseat the current world champion, who is an absolute awful person a douchebag a pretentious disgusting person and that is Billy Mitchell who showed up there and it's not just an act the guy's been accused of cheating he's suing people he's he's repulsive and I'm stunned
4: to see him on aew yeah well I mean at the end of the day for all of the uh progressive, Preaching that AEW likes to do. It's clear that if there's business to be made, they will get in bed with some not so great people, and this is proof of that. But he's he's been involved in cheating. He cheats at Pac-Man, Robert.
2: Who cheats at Pac-Man? He's a King of Kong. He's a heel. Jesus, and he and he's in lawsuits like this. You just don't know what a good heel is. Oh my God.
3: the best heel in the business don't you understand he wants you to hate him he wants you to boo him billy mitchell baron corbin they should call him king mitchell put a crown on him and a weird little he is king he's king of kong there you go king of kong they should call him king kong that should be his name billy mitchell baron corbin both of them best heels in the biz I'm going
2: to lead. I, well, I'm said. moving on with a super chat. Thank you very much. Eloquent for pulling me out of this. AEW <laughs> should sign red velvet. Been great on dark. Absolutely. Why don't we talk about that match right now? Uh, Britt Baker, who showed up with rebel in her first match in a long, long, long time uh, defeated red velvet. And uh, there was, there's a lot of back and forth between both women. I thought they looked very good. Um, uh, velvet hits a leg lariat and a bulldog uh but baker f- fires back with a big clothesline and some huge strikes butterfly suplex swinging fisherman suplex uh she and her finisher she curb stomps
4: i not i think that's a weird one to use when a top star on the other channel does it but well, i, I mean, guess things like that don't matter orange cassidy
2: anymore. uses the superman punch right so you know it's like yeah that's whatever
3: true. um I I think it'd be good if like Britt was said the reason she does it is to drum up business for herself. She's the only dentist on the roster, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock gonna your teeth out, and then you got no place else to go but me, and I'm gonna charge
4: double. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's money. Alex understands being a heel,
2: and clearly I don't because I hate Billy Mitchell. I
4: don't know. I don't. I don't understand. Are you- so you're Canadian.
3: Uh, he, so what? to
4: Unless... Don't you understand? <laughs> Unless it's Vince McMahon. Nobody thinks Canadians uh, are bad
2: guys. Except Bret Hart, right? Uh, the uh, there, Anyway, look. Um, this was a really strong match. Britt Baker wins. After the match, she does the log jaw on Red Velvet. Uh, f- frankly, Robert, I thought she had a great return. She looked very, very strong. Better than... Better than my, my my recollection. Actually, she looks uh, she looks ready to go.
4: A well deserved return, a much needed return for them in their women's division. I am a little surprised that we haven't seen Big Swole since she mm-hmm. defeated Britt Baker at the pay per view. But that is what it is. Uh, yes, I agree. Signed Red Velvet, doing great stuff on dark. They need more women. They need to be. Announcing that they're signing more women. I'm surprised that they haven't done that already. We also had
2: a match uh, between Orange Cassidy and the Dark Orders 10. Uh, 10 is uh, at ringside with 5 and Silver. And Orange Cassidy, of course, with the best friends. Uh, 10 basically just messes up Orange Cassidy for the better part of this match. Uh, He even helps Orange Cassidy do the pocket spot because he's, he's too out of it. There's spine busters and a big kick a big kick to the face. The Dark Order mock the best friend's hug on the floor, but that allows Orange Cassidy to get some energy back and dives onto all of the members of the Dark Order. He hits a spinning DDT, the Orange Punch, and the beach break gets the win. Clean little match. I thought it was a good way to pick up from the loss that Cassidy had last week. What did you think of the match, Robert?
4: It, it was fine, you know, no major news here. But Orange Cassidy still looks strong, and I would guess with no major feud, he's going into that eight-man tournament. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, you think he's going to be a part of the eight-man tournament? Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. They've been building him up. MJF has a promo, <clears throat> well, actually, a vignette, a segment. He goes into the he he's with Wardlow, and they go into Chris Jericho's locker room. Who is entertaining the entire uh, inner circle? But he says he's bearing gifts. He has Wardlow open up the box, and he uh, and MJF starts passing out inner circle jackets to every member of the inner circle, except Sammy Guevara. There's a bit of tension there. You know, Jericho sort of finds it weird that MJF bursts into uh, into his locker room, and of course. Guevara not having a jacket, despite the fact that MJF says, ah, oh, I must have forgotten it. I, I had it ready. It's weird. Kind of blames Wardlow for the problem. But um, it's basically, it's an exchange. After that, and it's, it's an exchange between Jericho and MJF. Jericho asking him, do you want to join the inner circle? MJF asking him, do you want me to join the inner circle? They pat each other uh, on the back. MJF congratulates him on 30 years. He leaves. Sammy calls him a loser. But Jericho... So this is not quite sure.
4: Not so much. Not yet. yet. Not Not so so much. What do you think of this, uh, Robert? It's amazing to me that a man that has been in the wrestling industry for 30 years can so easily be bought off to this day. I'm surprised that Chris Jericho is just like, oh, you gave me a jacket. Cool. Uh, You know what? Maybe you're not a loser. I like jackets. (laughs) Um, This is weird. I don't know if MJF is going into full gear with Jericho. I don't know if he's trying to be the young lion of the inner circle. And that's why he's kind of forgetting about Guevara. I don't know. It's very interesting to me to see these guys going at it. Uh, Wardlow and Jake Hager had a stare down. That's a tag match waiting to happen if they want to get there. And it was fun. I like the uh, bringing up the 11 months ago of, Hey, I asked you a long time ago and you never actually answered me. Do you want to be in the inner circle? Well, do you want me? I I like that. I think there's a lot of back and forth. Yet to be uncovered with I thought it was
2: two. fun too and honestly I could get behind a feud where MJF and Sammy Guevara are feuding for the uh the admiration of Chris Jericho I think there could be a lot <laughs> there, there could be a lot of fun in that we move on let's so, move too. on to our main event where Eddie Kingston comes out to announce who Mox's opponent is he says Mox was so mad he wanted uh, a rematch he wanted to put his title on the line again I uh, was following what happened last week. So Mox was so mad he called TK, as the assessor ass kissers like to call him, to get a rematch. You know who, who you, who you are. are with a big wink. Uh, and uh, he's he's a, they're about to beat up on Bryce Remsburg because he says you know he never tapped he never quit. Remsburg says he's just doing his job, but uh, he Phoenix and Pentagon are about to beat him up when Moxley comes out with a barbed wire bat, and the
4: opponent turns out to be. The Butcher, but without the blade. Oh, wow. Uh, I don't know what the point of the barbed wire bat was. He doesn't even really tease swinging it. He just sort of carries that around right now. I don't know. Um, This was a blasé match. I thought the promo before it was more entertaining because it made Bryce Remsberg look like a competent official, which AEW doesn't really do. And to hear him say, well, I stopped the match not because you tapped, but because I have to protect you. It's my job to protect you from yourself. I like that, more of that, more referees with actual knowledge of what their job is. I enjoyed that. But frankly, you know,
2: Bryce Remsburg, maybe not the best, but he's he's much, much better than Rick Knox, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. The um, But this uh, was a—look, this was a—, look, this was a a hard-hitting match where essentially the story was the butcher working on um, on um, Mox's leg. Uh, Mox hits a neck a neck breaker uh, and uh, and even goes for a cross arm a cross arm breaker as well. But butcher is he's just focusing on the knee. Uh, continues to work on it throughout the match. Um, uh, butcher hits a pump ha- a pump handle slam as well. Moxley is super a superplex and a pile a pile driver. Which Butcher kicks out of uh, the pin attempt that immediately followed? And I love how commentary put that over. I was like, how did he get up from a pile driver? That's pretty wild. Um, There's a flying crossbody by Butcher as well. But Mox hits the paradigm shift, followed by the bulldog choke for the win. Our boy Butcher taps. What would you think of this one,
4: Robert? It was, like I said, I didn't think... It was all that, but that's mostly because they put the belt on the line, and once you do that, it takes the fun out of the finish because, you know, he still has to defend against Archer in two weeks. But I like Butcher. I think he's a throwback guy. He would have made a great uh, heel for Hulk Hogan. He's that kind sure. of guy to me, and I thought it was really good. I like the bulldog choke. I like that Moxley sang. On the champion, I don't just need this DDT to beat you. I wish he would have used it when the stipulation at the pay-per-view was, hey, you can't use your DDT to beat people. But hey, you know, it it, it, it still works. and it, uh, This was cool.
2: I, I liked Butcher tonight. I thought he showed a lot of stuff that we hadn't seen before. Um, and I think it's a good... This type of match, I also think, is a good way to show the depth that they have in the AEW roster as well, if they're able to pull... A tag team guy out, and he's and he can have a match like this where we're like, wow, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe for the world title was maybe a, maybe it telegraphed the ending a little, you know,
4: but, uh, but still, I thought Butcher looked great tonight. No sign of the blade, and I'm a little worried about that with all the recent news of the, uh, COVID outbreaks, but I'm sure everything is on the up and up and, yeah, we'll see him again too. You know, maybe he, you know, he uh,
2: Eddie Kingston did tell him that he had to go fix his stuff at home, right? He
3: perhaps, perhaps, he's attending a, a knife sharpening convention.
4: It uh, could be. I mean, don't,
3: don't, don't. I
4: imagine the butcher would want to be there. Don't,
2: don't, just let it go. Just let it go. We're done with AEW tonight. <laughs> Folks, remember you can always leave us a super chat. You can leave us a super chat, of course, and we'll continue to read your questions or comments out in the air. As we move into NXT tonight, the go-home show before uh, TakeOver 31. Alex, I think they they have to stop numbering the TakeOvers because you know that they're never going to let the TakeOvers overtake the numbers of WrestleManias, Right. Like they can't, we'll never get to take over 36.
3: Well, oh, I I guess I I see what you're saying. So there there are enough. Yes, because yeah, I I agree with you. Uh, It's a weird thing. Like it was, they used to have, I'm assuming the next time they can have one in a Mm -hmm. place, it'll be that again. Like the last one was what? Take over Portland in February. They would, the next time they can have one somewhere other than full sale They'll name it that, but since they did take over thirty, they couldn't think of anything else to well, do. And I feel like they should just they should just they should have just given um, the in your house thing I agree. to takeovers. In your house, then a subtitle, whatever that whatever the next one was. Like I I think that's easy thing to do, and it would also build nostalgia and goodwill. But you know, what do I know? apparently nothing.
2: Well, here, let's let's still hear what you have to to, to say, Mr. Know Nothing. <laughs> about Shotzi Blackheart versus Dakota Kai. Uh, Dakota, of course, is out with uh, Reyna Gonzalez. Uh, Blackheart goes after uh, Dakota early on, and, and she stays on her, uh, puts her in that submission that she does, like she locks up in an Indian death lock, and it's kind of like a Moodle lock, but she butterflies Dakota's arms. Anyway, it's I'm not quite sure exactly how to call it, but it's pretty cool. Gonzalez runs interference, which allows Dakota Kai to hit a big backbreaker. Uh, but uh, Shotzi fights back as well with a huge knee to the face. They fight on the apron, Alex, and Shotzi tries to do slice bread number two on the apron, but she ends up landing on her head in a very, very scary spot. I
3: didn't like it, Alex. It was, yeah. That's yeah, that was that, that was uh, that was not slice bread number two. <laughs> That was uh, like a uh, slice bread number. Ah! Like that. Like, Shotzi, what are you doing, honey? Like, do you want, like, when you guys were like, oh, who wants to die more? Darby Allard? Like, no, Shotzi. Shotzi. Because of that ridiculous friggin' thing she did off the top rope to the outside a, a couple of months ago, where we're like, oh, now she's dead. And she's like, no, I'm cool, but hey, can I can I die in the next <laughs> match though? <laughs> yeah, sure, Shotzi, if you'd like to. We'll all just watch. Um it, it, come on, girl. Like this that's a ridiculous move to do under the best of circumstances. And you're like, ah, I'll just do it on the apron. It'll be cool. No, no, no. Wait, it'll be cool. Watch. Um, I I I'm uh, yes, the 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 right things was happening at the time. Um I I also thought it was very interesting to be like She does the welcome to the ball pit deal, Mm -hmm. you know, the old jumping double legs to the balls, but she's doing it to the ladies. And, um, and I just love Dakota Kai's like, all right, I'll sell it as though I have testicles (laughs) because I mean, I'm assuming it hurts, but in a different way. And I just love that also Beth Phoenix refers it. Oh, looks like it got her right in the pelvic area. (laughs) Yes, that would be. That would be where it did. It did get her right, right, right there. In the in pelvic, the pelvic area. area.
2: Correct, yes.
3: Yeah. Uh, Rhea Ripley uh,
2: intervenes when Raquel uh, tries to uh, to run some interference again towards the end. And it allows Shotzi enough time to recuperate, dodge a face wash, and get the win on uh, Dakota Kai. Um, overall, Alex, what were your thoughts on this matchup?
3: I mean, th- this is the the... the, the... This, this, the tier right below the top of the women's division is just outstanding. Mm-hmm. Like, you have you have these two. We, we, I mean, I, would you be surprised to hear that we're getting Rhea versus um, Raquel on Saturday? It's like a last-minute addition, because I wouldn't. Um, like, th- that would be cool. Like, those two are, are, are great. Dakota and, and Shotzi are great. Shotzi had an amazing knockdown drag-out fight with uh, EO that should have been for the title, but wasn't on regular NXT. Dakota had that great title match versus like they have all these women who are here. Like, poor one out for Tegan Knox, yeah. hurting her ACL again. Um, I, I thought it was, you know, nice that they, that they wrote her off with a storyline thing. Like, she gets when, when, and if, and when she comes back, she has a built-in storyline to come back and 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 and, and, and go after Candice. Um, let's hope Candace isn't floundering somewhere in the tag division on the main roster by that point. Um, but you know, who knows? Uh, but i'm 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 just saying the 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 top of the women's division is still strong, really strong, even though they 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 so many seem to have moved on and up over the past year or so.
2: We had a couple of the uh, super chats by uh, from Evan Wright, uh, one that actually,
0: My rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
1: Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. com, And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
2: View where he says the hug spot with 5, 10, and silver was amazing. Yes, it, it, mm-hmm. I, 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 I enjoyed the fact that they made a little fun at it.
4: And really, I like, just real quick, that they had 5 and 4 come out with 10. So 10 came out with 9, basically. Good tag team stuff.
2: Evan Wright, uh another super chat he left us. Thank you again. Evan says, take over 100, baby. Let's go. We're going to get there <laughs> sooner than later, I think. Uh, another super chat from Evan saying, spiced bread number Ibushi. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. a mouthful. <laughs> and the line drive left us a super chat as well. Thank you very much, line drive. Saying, remember when Shotzi dove head first into chairs? Yes, that was at an Evolve show uh, two yeah. years ago. And I was like, what is this woman doing? She just, cause that's literally what she did. Whoever was supposed to take the move, just stepped out, stepped away and she crashed into some chairs. So great
4: choice to counter program Darby
0: Allen. Man.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it, it was a strong match. I liked it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we get uh, Santos and Swerve in an interview or a, like a,
3: a debate. It's, it's <laughs> one of those deals where they, they did this. Uh, they would do this all the time with Becky yes. and Charlotte, where they weren't allowed to be in the same room because they would just kill each other. So we, we put them in a split screen dual satellite feed from inside the arena. One of them's down the hall from the other one, but they can't be in the same room. Um, I, I thought this was, uh, this was, whatever it was like like announce the match and move on like it. I, I didn't I don't think it did anybody a favor especially like Santos who's sitting in like he's sitting in his living room but like uh, there's one hanging light bulb in a closet down the <laughs> hall that's lighting him like it's just like you can't see him at all and he's wearing sunglasses that's just not practical um like I understand that Swerve Scott is actually you know, like saying some good things and like Okay, cool. Now we know to root for you. We're already gonna root for you. Legato de Fantasma is a bunch of assholes, so we're gonna root for you anyway.
2: The, the sunglasses in the darkened room is not is not for practicalities. You know, it's not because you're, you're you're running in to try and chair shot people in the dark, Alex. It's to make a statement. It's to look cool, Alex. That's why he did it. He's oh. see, he's because he, he's like a cartel boss. That's the thing.
3: Oh right, so cool could cool. Cool. could you spell that for me cuz i i know you're the foremost authority on that i myself have never been cool so i don't really i know I see know. i'm
2: the, i'm the guy here who knows about billy mitchell and is able to rant on him
3: yeah yeah
2: it's true uh we get more obscure green uh green uh, uh, uh camera stuff you know and it, it clearly it's clearly not randy orton it's it, there, it's even a female voice alex this mystery person.
3: Well, it's a female. It, it's a female voice, but I think that's like the 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 onboard computer in the Night Rider motorcycle he's driving. um My money, my my my, my money, because I wouldn't bet on this. But I my hope is it's Bo Dallas, and and he comes back having completely blocked out everything that's happened <laughs> since he left Full Sail like he just still thinks he's the dude. He still thinks like he's the top guy in the company. He's wearing the single fingerless glove. He's got the white trunks. The, the crazy long hair, like totally clean shaven. And he just, he's completely blocked out all of that stuff he had to do on the main roster. The B team, the, 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 what were they the misfits? What the hell did they call themselves when he was uh, with that? The Ms. Yeah, Yeah. The, not Ms. but like the, the thing where he was with Slater oh, and Adam oh, Rose. Oh, the social yes. outcasts. Social outcasts, all of that. Like he has no no memory of any of that. He's showing up like he never <laughs> left. I think that'd be so meta, and they'll never do it.
2: But seriously, who do you think it is?
3: <laughs> I'm. I, I mean, if it's I, the, the thing is, like, you can never go home again. It's somebody who's been there and left. Name those people. Like, name those people who 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 left NXT and are now on the main. I'm assuming the main roster and. Would like them coming back would be a Ember big Moon. thing, and also it wouldn't completely hamstring uh, the the peop- the the top Raw and em- SmackDown. Em- Ember Moon,
4: know. Yeah, that's that's where my money is. It's Ember Moon.
3: Wow, that that'd be great. Uh, that'd be great. Like the 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 I'm I'm I I, I obviously I, I'm notorious for my love. Yes, of Ember you Moon. are. How does Ember Moon fit into all this? If it if if she fits into there and she shows up. And then has a, a, a title match versus EO, and finally wins the NXT Women's Champion like she should have done years ago. Then you'll never find anybody happier than me. I I I just don't think it's a thing that's going to happen. I want it to. I just don't
2: think it is. Well, we'll we'll see. Because I, I, to be frank, I'm really I'm kind of surprised that you know the the Bo Dallas shtick. I get it. That's classic Pulowski, and I'm all here for it. But I
3: was, <laughs> but I was I. Was, where has he been like he hasn't been on tv in like a year like he's he's they shipped him off to some like insane asylum he's just broken out and he's going back home like michael myers i
4: love it dgmc he stole randy orton's night vision goggles so that's unfortunate
3: but he wasn't wearing them somebody hovering above him was wearing them that, that's interesting
2: <laughs> that, that's interesting dgmc dgmc lift <laughs> us a super chat thank you dgmc and he's Feeding uh, Alex right now. Bring back El Torito so Bo can trample him again. How about that? <laughs>
3: sure.
2: <laughs> Thank you, DGMc, for the super chat. But that was a short answer. <laughs> well, uh, at some point, we, we do need to move on. Uh, we get we get <laughs> Kyle Riley. Kyle O'Reilly, uh, in a uh, in a heart uh, a heartfelt uh, uh, interview or. Uh, video package, I guess, uh, where you basically see him doing uh, mountain biking, and he's saying that no matter where
3: he—that's not—it's not just mountain biking. He is mountain biking. There's other things that are going on. But too. basically, but what he's saying is is very, very
2: sincere, and it's something that we haven't seen from Kyle O'Reilly in uh, in WWE so far. Uh, saying that you know, no matter where he's been. Uh, uh, or wh- where where he'd be right now, whether he's in WWE or wherever, he'd still be pro wrestling because that's his passion. He retraces his past. He says he's been trying to get after Finn Balor for a while. And he says, when I finally got to America, he was in Japan. And then when I get to Japan, he ends up in America. So finally for him, it's like a full circle kind of situation We'll talk about. Uh, we'll move into the the face to face segment in a second, Alex. But what do you think about this little nugget I, here?
3: I thought it was really, really, really well done. Like it totally, like it, I, it. Were it were it not for 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 the some of the tone issues that Adam Cole had later in the night with uh, with his promo before uh, his Austin Theory match, I would say like this little video package turned all of the UE baby face in like Mm -hmm. a minute just because like of the tone of it and like him him the way he taught like his whole path uh and then like yeah i've known adam for 12 years and it shows them and like were they ever that young like that picture of them when they were starting out like they looked like they were babies like it was just beautiful Mm -hmm. And and the and the the sincerity with which Adam Cole, the man, not Adam Cole, the character, baby, like talking about his friend Kyle, like it was really heartfelt and and warm and made like endearing. Like I want to root, I want to root for the four worst dudes in the history of NXT now because now they're not the worst dudes anymore. Now they're great. So I'm I'm very very intrigued to see where all of this goes. No matter, because I'm assuming there's going to be something, like a little swervy swerve, uh, with with the Kyler Riley match on on Saturday. Uh, so it, we'll see. Sunday though, I
2: mean, I, I understand it's a takeover, but it's Sunday, Sunday.
4: Yeah.
3: Sunday,
2: but yes, Sunday. yes, Sunday. I th- I I thought it was very very good. And this li- a little later on, we'll, we'll talk about the segment since we're in the Kyler Riley stuff right now. Um, we have the a pre taped face to face, moderated by one heartbreak kid, Jonathan Michaels. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly and uh, and uh, Prince Debit shake hands. Finn congratulates uh, uh, Kyle O'Reilly for and respects him as a competitor. Sean says that Kyle may be the best secret in WWE. Before Finn says that Kyle isn't a secret at all. And uh, to me, I mean, this is proof positive just how much of a bubble WWE creates for itself. Because for. You're you're not a guy like Kylo Riley who wrestles for 15 years, has been in Ring of Honor in Japan, and people are like oh this is a he's a well kept secret. This is just how he was absolutely. If he's been a secret, it's because he's been booked to not fulfill his potential by WWE, and WWE being the insular bottle that it is, will never reference his fantastic and mind-boggling accomplishments never. outside of there. That's that's just my editorial right there. Uh, Kyle says Finn is very good at stroking his own ego. Finn asks Kyle if the rest of the Undisputed Air will be at ringside for their match, and Kyle says that uh, they won't. It's his moment on Sunday and his alone. Finn then tells uh, O'Reilly that there'll be no excuses then when he defeats him. Kyle says that the match is the biggest moment of his career before mocking Finn and saying that he's not an underdog and but Finn tells, tells O'Reilly that uh he'd be champion the title would be around his waist if he Finn Balor wasn't in NXT I thought this was fantastic Robert before we get Alex's thoughts you you I I I,
4: I, I think you had the opportunity to listen to watch this what'd you think of the segment this was phenomenal this was nxt at its best yes sean did say kyle is the best kept secret which i imagine if you're kyle o'reilly and sean michaels says you're the best anything it's just got to be an ear-to-ear grin moment and finn immediately jumps on that and says he's not a secret showing that yes sean is the older guy who's in the bubble but finn knows because finn is watching the business Uh, kyle o'reilly is tremendously entertaining great Mock accents, mocking Finn Balor. I thought that was hysterical. This match should be everything it needs to be, and it literally makes it okay that there was a takeover five weeks Alex? ago.
3: yeah, I, I, I really love this. This they didn't actually sign a contract, but that's what this was. Like, and this had they signed the contract, Warren, this would have been the perfect contract signing. Like, it was just these two guys who start out with a handshake, start out talking about how much they respect each other. They trade barbs back and forth, but no tables are flipped. No, no, nothing, nothing goes wrong. Like, it's just, it's just them having this conversation, but it, but, the, but parts of it were so intense. And I love the, the, like, the tone switch of certain things. Like, oh, it's funny that you would say that because blah, blah, blah. Like, there's, there's such great stuff there. I want, I want to say I commend uh, Shawn Michaels. Uh, for for showing up, because you know, two nights ago, uh, a janitor came into his poker game uh, and, and hit him with a chair so hard that he splayed out on his belly across three chairs when the lights got turned on. And I mean, who who I mean, I'm I, I, you know, how we have a, a history of concussions and stuff? So I mean, it's great for him showing up, but but the segment itself was was so excellent, and it really showed you all the personality that Kyle O'Reilly hasn't been allowed to show. Like, he's just been a goofball. That's it. Like, he hasn't actually had a chance to be, like... Like, he's got that set of personality which he's able to, like, just turn on up to 11. Like, air guitar guy, like, making funny faces, all the jokes and everything. Um, but that's only one facet of him, and he's got this other side that we've never been able to see before mm-hmm. in NXT. Um, And I think that that's really cool. we got to see this whole thing come out in, in that video package, and in this little face-to-face with Finn, all that came out. And I love that Finn is sitting there this whole time like just being like yeah the I, I'll tell you what I'll, I'll tell you what the whoop is. the whoop is this like that was great. 20 years, 15 years no big whoop. I'll tell you what the whoop is son. <laughs> the whoop is this um, and I, I think that that's it was all really well laid out. they like interrupted each other in certain points and it felt like really um, off the cuff. I thought this was a fantastic segment. It was by far the best thing on the show. You mean better than
2: Cameron Grimes coming out, being in a bad mood, saying that his opportunity was taken away in something called a gauntlet eliminator, and he's so stupid, he can't believe William Regal came up with it? He's there with a much better idea, Alex. He's here for the Cameron Grimes Invitational Stepping Stones to the Moon match, where he has handpicked his opponents to to go through a, a gauntlet of sorts. First entrant is Joey Pistachio, who gets creamed by a cave-in. In comes Joey Strong. Never got the chance to see Joey Strong do anything because he got tossed around by Ridge Holland, who wasn't a part of the uh, Cameron Grimes' invitational stepping stones to the moon match. He comes in and inserts himself into it. and uh, And he just continues stomping. On our boy Cameron Grimes until the ref has to call the match. Alex, what the hell is wrong with 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 Ridge Holland coming in to to mess up such a a tremendous moment for our boy Grimes?
3: I'll tell you what's wrong with him. He's in a bad mood himself. Somebody stole his big black dildos. I, I didn't see it out there. Didn't didn't carry it out with him, so he's very upset. He doesn't have it with him, so that's that that's a problem. Um, but, uh, he, <laughs> he, he attacked, he attacked, uh, Cameron Grimes. Um, the, the thing we were talking about, what do you, what do you do with a guy like Rich Holland? And I was thinking he should be somebody's, uh, like hired muscle, hired goons. Like that should be his, his whole gimmick, but he, he's hiring himself out as a goon. Like he's just, he's just taking out anybody because... Um, certainly if you actually look at the, the, the dividing lines between face and, and heel, uh, he and Cameron Grimes are on the same side. I'm not sure why they're facing each other. Um, Ridge Holland going into business for himself? Cool. Let's see how long that lasts until they actually give him something to do beyond that. Um, a Cameron Grimes um, pissed off because he, he, he got shown up by the new mm-hmm. guy um, versus that new guy next week. Could be a lot of fun, but I don't know if there's got a lot of legs to it. Uh,
2: Evan Wright left us a super chat. Thank you again, Evan, uh, for all your super chats tonight. He says, my boy Fridge Holland has appeared. Cold boy. I like like the idea of calling him Fridge. Later on, Cameron Grimes runs into Dexter Loomis, who just stares him down. It's
3: good. I was so... I've never been so happy to see the return of a serial killer. Like I, I missed him so much and he's back and I, I can't, I can't wait to see, you know, what What they're going to get up to. Like, that's, that's cool. Like, listen, um, you have this, this giant, as again, a sentient side of beef wearing a flat cap and a trench coat uh, on one side of Cameron Grimes. And the other side is a man who almost certainly fillets his prey before he eats it. Like that's, that's, <laughs> that's great. Like Cameron Grimes cut in the middle between those two things. I'm, I'm in, I'm yeah, in
2: either. He takes a, a beating or he becomes dinner. It's either, or it, it's one, one, one of the two. two. Um, Austin theory cuts, a well, cuts a promo. He has an interview talking about struggles. What struggles? He said he would have been in the gauntlet eliminator match. Um, he should have been in, in it and Kyle Riley should be trying to catch up to Austin theory. This, of course, leads to the ire of one Adam Cole, who hits the ring a little later on, and uh, and says that over the past three years, Undisputed Era have been doing what they want. The prophecy came through, came true. Excuse me, but it also did come come through for them. Uh, they all became champions. Um, of course, they all lost their champions. People have been uh, their championships. People have been saying Undisputed Era has changed, but they're still the same. They're still united and Adam Cole is here to stick up for Kyle O'Reilly in regards to Austin Theory's comments that brings Austin Theory out and he gives him two options. Either you get in the ring right now when you fight me or you stay right where you are and the rest of the undisputed are going to come out and we are going to beat you down. So Austin Theory decides to pick the lesser of two evils and enters the fight with Adam Cole. And, uh... For the majority of this match here, Adam Cole is in control. He's got Austin Theory uh, literally on the ropes, hits a pump kick that sends uh, on the floor. There's some neck neck breakers, suplexes. Uh, Cole is just picking him apart. Theory eventually does mount a comeback, hits a standing moonsault. Cole hits a backstabber, a uranagi. The Panama Sunrise is avoided with a kick to the back of the head. There's a blue thunder bomb by uh, Theory as well. But the the match comes to an end when Theory runs into a super kick by Cole. And oh, my God, what a spot that was. The last shot puts Austin Theory out of his misery. Alex,
3: tell us what you thought.
1: Uh,
3: Austin Theory uh, is is in this weird thing where he's, Like uh, he gets squashed by two different types of guys two weeks in a row. Then he has a good showing against the North American champion. And then he gets um, dominated for much of the match versus Adam Cole, uh, but comes back and looks decent for a little bit. And then he loses Um, It's So it's you you would be forgiven for thinking he's in the doll in the doghouse of some kind. Uh, or paying his dues or whatever. You got a little big for your britches because we called you up to Raw uh, to, to be in the WrestleMania Tag Team Championship match because because we, we looked around and we said, hmm, we're trying to find somebody who could be a, a partner for Andrade. I mean, who could that, who, who could that, or Angel Garza, who could that be? Um, you, you young man, you are perfect for the job. Uh, so yeah, no, this, this was, this is all weird to me. I don't know where this is going. I feel it's a, a, if you don't really, if you're, are you telling a story with this? Um, if you're just having him lose a bunch of matches, um, okay, fine. I don't mind seeing Austin Theory lose a bunch of matches, but that's just me. (laughs) Um, but if you're actually trying to, to go somewhere with it, there needs to be a beginning, middle and an end. Like where, where how, who does he pick up his first victory again? Against how does he do that? What does he, what is he changed about his approach that allows him to pick up that victory? And where does, where does he wind up at the end of this story? If the story is Austin Theory loses ten matches in a row, that's not a story.
2: No. So I don't know, I don't know where, I
3: don't know where we're going.
2: Um, I would say he, uh, tag team with uh, Brendan Vink for, and they'll be ready for the Dusty Classic. There you go. Yes, there you go. There that's you go. A story right there. Reminder, folks, you can leave us a super chat at any time. Now we'll read your question or comment on the air. No probs. Uh, Kushida has a little vignette of his own. Lots of vignettes tonight. He says uh, uh, that, you know, coming to America and all the the hoopla over his arrival, you know, put uh, put a damper on everything. It was very, very difficult for him professionally and personally as well. But now... It's time for him to show us the real Kushida. He's going to go ballistic. That's exact. That was the exact translation. That's what the subtitles told us. Ballistic. And a TakeOver, he will explode. The new Kushida, and he said this in English, Alex, to make damn sure we understood. The new Kushida is vicious. Hmm. Good.
3: (laughs) Good indeed uh, i am i am the, the 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 old kushida the kushida that wasn't on tv for months at a time that's a bad kushida anything other than other than that is a good kushida uh, the, kushida being vicious especially with his opponent at takeover is is everything that i'm i'm into um <laughs> and he and he was vicious in this match with tony niece i was like are, are we sure we should be doing that move? That looks like you could just do it. Like if you're wrong with that move by 3%, you break that man's arm in four places. Like he's doing some crazy stuff that, that just feels like, yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, cool. Cool. I'm, I'm very scared of you now. Please don't do that thing where you run and jump on my elbow.
2: Do that. He had It was a good opponent to do it on because Tony nice is resilient as hell. I think that guy can can take any form of punishment and he'd just stand right back up and dust himself off and say, okay, guys, see you tomorrow. Let's do this again. Um, I, the match was what it was, was to make Kushida look like a machine of destruction. That's what we got. Slaps on the hoverboard for the win. And then Velveteen Dream pops yeah. up on the, uh, the Titan Tron and says stuff. Yes. Anything to close this out, Alex?
3: No, that that he, he popped up on the Tron and said "Velveteen Dream" things, like it was, like it wasn't. There was nothing specific about it. He was like, ah, "Dream over" and "Dream on." Like I don't, like I don't know what. Like he's not really, say, he's not really making it anything except for like this is my personality, and that's that's it. There's no, there's no substance to the feud for him. It's just like. He thinks he can coast on being that guy and and you know what he did for a long time um but now now especially now for a large chunk of the people who watch him we're going to need more than just uh I am I'm, I'm a little weird mm-hmm. and that's cool man I mean I, I don't I don't know where we're going to go it, besides it that It
2: feels like <clears throat> his his stuff feels like WWE knows we know so we're going <laughs> to we're going to do a little bit of stuff, but we're not going to push it too hard because otherwise we know you guys know, but we're not going to let you know we know. But we're still <laughs> going to do things, but not exactly as much as we'd like to because you guys know, but we're, you're not supposed to know that we know, you know.
3: Yeah. Yes. Well, no, it's it's like that. Uh, I don't know if you are familiar with uh, the Tom Hanks horror classic verbs. But but now they know that we know that they know that we know. That's that's it, man. This femur is Walter, dude. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying.
2: Come come for the dated '80s references.
3: <laughs> it's a great. It's a, I cannot recommend it's a good that movie. movie highly enough. It is one of my favorite comedies of all. To be time. fair, it is very funny.
2: Caden Carter uh, defeated Zaya Lee. Again, look, there's not much to this. Uh, Carter with a takedown early on. Uh, Lee gets a shot to the head, drags Car- Carter out onto the floor from the apron and sh- just drops her on her back. Lee tries her damnness to get the win, but she can't. Uh, Caden then rolls through uh, into a super kick for two before uh, Ziya and Caden uh, exchange sunset flips and uh, Carter eventually just uh, gets the pin. Um, after the match, uh, Casey Catanzaro, who was accompanying Caden Carter, uh, tries to be all sportsmanlike and sportswoman like excuse me, and, uh, you know, try to sh- shake hands and whatever, but Lee and she don't want none of that.
3: She pushes people around and leaves. Okay. See, now, this, I feel like, does have a beginning, middle, and an end. The beginning was she lost one match and then didn't want to shake hands. The, here's the middle. She loses the match and... Uh, a singles match, and she shoves people around before she leaves. Okay, good. Now, we can't just do this, this part, four weeks in a row. There needs to be a an actual thing that happens after that. I don't know if I'm super excited with, with what the inevitable thing is, where we have, like, heel kung fu lady as a character in the women's division. Like, it could be great. It could be, or it could not be. So let's see where that is. But I don't need, like, a, a like a month of will she or won't she officially turn heel? She just seems kind of like a sore loser. That uh, Now, Beth Phoenix, like, gently scolding her from the announce booth of, like, now, I don't know, I think she should probably shake hands. Like, eventually we're going to have to get to the point where she starts kicking people's sure. faces off, and, and then it's going to be something. Until then, we got...
2: If, if all else fails, there's a whole table of ninjas waiting for her on main...
3: Oh jeez!
4: True.
2: It was announced. <laughs> we talked about it a little earlier uh, at the beginning of the NXT review, but it was announced earlier today, and they mentioned it on uh, on NXT tonight that Tegan Knox tore her ACL again, and she's going to be out for a while. Robert, what a goddamn bummer! Like an absolute, one hundred percent certified grade A USDA bummer.
4: My heart breaks for her a third torn ACL in just about as many years and you really have to wonder are they looking at hey why don't you look at producing I don't want to I don't want to write her off because I think she's fantastic but are they going to do what they did with Jason Jordan and just go hey maybe the in-ring stuff isn't for you let's see if we can find a spot for you here
2: Alex what do you think Uh, how how do you feel about Teagan
3: I mean, the, the 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 Jason Jordan comparison is can be apt. However, the neck is a very different thing than the knee, um, and and she's recovered from it twice before, so it's possible that the third time's the charm, and we, and we get a few a few years in a row without her getting any major injuries. That's possible. It's also possible that three times in a row is really bad for your knee, and it turns out it's really hard to recover from that. Um, I really hope that's not the case because she's dynamite yeah. in the ring. She's a lot of fun. Um, I, I think, though, if, if it comes down to it, there are a lot of worse women that, that women could learn from in the PC. <laughs> like, she knows her stuff. And she's young and she's vibrant. And I'm assuming she could could get really, she could connect with with a younger generation that somebody who's even 10 years her senior might not be able to as a coach. So I think that she could be invaluable in that way. And yet, I hope that's not what happens unless that's what she wants. Mm -hmm. If she wants to come back, I hope they give her a shot. I hope they don't do the thing where we're going to write you off because you got hurt too many times, which is like, it just it's a it's it's a business where that kind of thing will happen and to to blame somebody's um ligaments for snapping is seems kind of ruthless well we we wish
2: her uh we wish her uh the best and swiftest recovery she is going to be missed we hope she is able to come back and come back healthy and have a long long career but as we mentioned again earlier in the evening we have a promo with Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae, where they basically kayfabe the whole angle, blaming Candice for the ACL tear. Uh, Johnny saying, "Look, she breaks my TV. She tears her ACL. It's karma." <laughs> okay, wrestling, and <laughs> and then they uh, they talk up their their match for early later in the evening. We have Io Shirai and Damian Priest, who are suddenly buddy buddies and are doing weird bullet club finger salutes to each other. No, I get it. It's metal. It's rock and roll because they're because they're metal and because Io said rock and roll in rock and roll in Japanese. So, so they're really really rock and roll. Anyway, main event was Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae versus Damien Priest and Io Shirai, um, and uh, they go right uh, right at it. The uh, Gargano and LeRae uh, sort of stall because they're getting overwhelmed, and Gargano just heat. Eats shit for the better part of the... F- for the first part of this match. Uh, Priest is just completely laying into him. Um, Larray uh, hits a basement dropkick. And uh, goes for the Meteora on uh, Laray, But Gargano jumps in to keep that from happening. The heels end up on the floor. Shirai dives off of Priest's shoulders to the floor. Which was pretty cool. Uh, she uh, hits a German suplex. Uh, Priest hits a throwing suplex of his own. Io Shirai uh, hits a springboard missile dropkick on Johnny Gargano. She hits quite a bit of offense on on Gargano throughout this match. Io avoids the Laray moonsault uh, and hits a double underhook backbreaker on Uh, Laray. Io Shirai hits the moonsault on Gargano, but Priest eats a low blow by Laray, keeping him from getting the pin on Johnny. And uh, Gargano hits the slingshot DDT to get the win on Priest. And after the match, the baby faces—excuse me—the heels take out the baby faces and celebrate with the titles. Alex, this this
3: is our lead-in for Takeover. And what a lead-in it was. Um, I hate this. Like, like, what what are we doing? Where we're going to promote the 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 pay-per-view? This, I know we're not actually selling pay-per-views anymore, but you promote the big show on Sunday by giving us the people who were fighting on Sunday fighting each other on Wednesday. What the hell? You did the same damn thing with with the Intercontinental title thing. You just had the triple threat on Friday, and then they fought again on Sunday. The only thing was we added a couple of ladders. Like. used to be you would keep the people who were fighting at the pay-per-view separate for weeks so that we would really want to see them hit each other because we hadn't seen that before. Now, uh, the thing is, you're watching this thing and all the stuff that was happening – between um, between uh, Priest and Gargano is the same stuff that's going to happen on Sunday. You know it. Priest is going to be in control for the first six minutes of the match. Then he's going to do something like one of his cyclone kicks or something and accidentally kick the ring post. And then Gargano Gargano's going to take control and do rest holds and jump on his knee a few times. And eventually, one of the two of them is going to take control near the end of the match and win. Like... It's the same, they're they're just doing a dress rehearsal. Like, I don't want to see a dress rehearsal for the pay-per-view. The reason in theater that nobody comes to see the dress rehearsal is because it's a dress rehearsal. It's not the opening night. If you Nobody would come to see the opening night if they already saw the dress rehearsal because guess what? It's the same damn show. Like, I don't, I hate that. And the same thing with Candace and EO. I don't want to, I mean, like, you're cheapening everything that's going to happen mm-hmm. on Sunday by showing it to us on Wednesday, especially in a mixed match thing where, where the momentum can't continue because somebody tags out and then the other person's got to tag out, which is against the whole, like, rhythm of tag matches where, like, you tag in to get an advantage, but the advantage is null and void because the other person then has to tag out, too. It's just... It, it's a weird uh, set of
2: rules. God, and
3: And. I- You know, we could say, oh, well, they're doing
2: the best they can with the COVID situation. You know, some people are out. But the thing is, but the thing is, is that we've seen WWE do do this in healthier eras. The exact same thing. So uh, it's hard. It's hard to say, well, they're doing uh, with the doing the best with the hand they've been dealt. But there's precedent. There's precedent. Evan Wright left us a super chat. Thank you very much again, Evan. He says, so here For Sour Graps Wednesday edition. You got a little glimpse of it. If you want more, FightfulSeleg.com. Subscribe today. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Our NXT TakeOver 31 predictions. We're going to jump right into that. The uh, NXT Cruiserweight Championship will be on the line. The champion Santos Escobar versus Isaiah Swerve. Scott Alex, who you got here?
3: I, I, I This is really bad for Swerve, but I don't see how you can take the title off of off of um, Escobar yet. Like you haven't done anything with him yet. Like there's 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 lots of stuff you can do with Legado del Fantasma that you're not doing. So to take the title off him already, if you had done all that stuff and there was plenty of time to do that stuff now would be the perfect time for Scott to come in and take the title off of him. But you haven't done any of that stuff yet. So you've got to keep the title on Escobar, which really hurts Scott because he doesn't seem to ever be able to win when the chips are down against
4: Escobar.
2: Robert, what about you? Who do you got?
4: So I think their excuse for that will be, well, you should be watching 205 Live, but nobody's going to do that. (laughs) That being said, I think you give it to Scott here. And you actually, you move Escobar up because I think you could. The, main, the main roster needs tag teams and Escobar yeah. is a hell of a character. I think you can use him on Raw. Kushida versus the Velveteen Dream.
2: Robert, why don't you tell us who you think uh, is going to win this one?
4: Right, so you guys put this so well with the they know that we know that they know that we know and I just look, if you're not going to fire and if you're going to keep Dream, I'm fine, but shit or get off the pot, move him up to the main roster, or what are you doing with him? He's got nothing left to do in NXT. He puts Kushida over here. Put him on SmackDown. Yeah, the the, the,
3: the percentage of people who will know anything about Velveteen Dream, like at, at all, um, like drastically is reduced when you put him on Raw or SmackDown. Because that's a completely different kind of people who than, than who watch NXT. So then you maybe you don't have as many people who are subtweeting you. at the, the WWE account about stuff. So you put him on Smackdown or Raw, I think that he he's definitely much more of a main rostery type character anyway he's been for a while. I, I think you should definitely do that and and, and, and I, I, you just gotta let Kushida win his first takeover match. Yes. By the way, how is this Kushida's first takeover match? but he, yes, he has this to win. This is the this world match. we live in.
2: Uh, Damian Priest, the NXT North American champion, will be defending against Johnny Gargano.
3: Alex, who's the winner here? Again, it's, it, 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 I, I say Priest only because, like, they haven't done anything with him yet. Like, he's he's had, like, a, a couple, like, one title defense, mm-hmm. right? Against like, Thatcher on, on regular NXT, and, like, he... That's it. Like, he spent the first three weeks after winning the thing, like, sitting in a hot tub with girls in bikinis. Like, that's his entire thing. Do something with him. Like, if you're not going to, if you're going to do the thing where, where Gargano and Candace are both champs at the same time, and you do that thing where, like, the, the power couple, if you're going to do that, fine. But again, do something with it. But until
4: then, like, I feel like you got to keep it on Priest because they haven't really utilized him yet Robert. I have to echo those sentiments. I mean, Gargano is the top guy on NXT. He can be anywhere he wants to be at any point. But Priest is finally gaining some steam. You got to keep it on him. The
2: NXT Women's Championship will be on the line. Io Shirai
4: will be defending against Candice LeRae. Robert, who you got here? The complete antithesis of what I just said about Johnny. Candice needs this win because how is this Candice's first title match at a takeover? She's been the best women's wrestler in the world for far too long and they need to utilize her. I think Candace wins and I think bonus points, she gets confronted by Ember. Robert knows that if he wants to stay on the
2: show, he has to say good things about Candace LeRae. Alex, who you got?
3: Uh, I, everything you said, Robert, is correct. And, and and, <laughs> and, and yet, they, they, they don't seem to know what they have in Candace. And so they're like, oh, she can take it. She'll she'll lose. But I think either she and Johnny both win or she and Johnny both lose. I don't think one of the two of them wins. Um, and um, but I, I would I love your prediction. I I, I just think that they EO needs to keep it for a while um, just because she's EO and again they haven't done anything with her yet. Um, uh, but if if EO were to lose it, I could see her moving up and becoming like the Kyrie saying to Oscar and like actually doing running that again but this time with IO. Finn Balor, the NXT champion will defend his title against Kyle O'Reilly. Alex. Who's winning this one? It's got to be Finn, right? Like I I I don't I don't love that because I listen, Kyle is Kyle is great and I'd be so so interested in what they would do with Kyle O'Reilly as NXT champion. It would be so unexpected. They'd have to like completely change the way they write for for their show. Like usually it's the top guy is the top guy. Let's write top guy stuff for him to do as opposed to this, which would be like out of the blue, out of nowhere. You'd, you'd have to actually think when you were writing stuff, which would be cool. But I just think that it's got to be Finn because as they say, nobody ever
4: loses their first title defense in NXT, except if you're Pete Lee. Robert? Well, or... It's, uh, we keep beating this drum, but again, they haven't done much with Finn, but we're also in that era where Finn's also a main roster guy. He was the first universal champion. He's fought Brock Lesnar. If they wanted to switch it to Kyle, you very easily could. There's so much stories you could tell there. My fear, but what I think is going to happen is Finn Balor wins it and Undisputed Era gets called up to be misused on the main roster.
3: The other fear that I have is that they're gonna—they did such a great job of giving us um, um, fodder for a swerve um, and basically jumping Kyle out of the out of the group um, because he he does seem like the only guy who's really got a heart. We didn't see Bobby or or, or Roderick uh, on the show tonight, um, but but Adam Cole so vociferously saying. Kyle O'Reilly is going to shock the world. Nobody deserves this more than he does. It does seem like if they hadn't just done this recently, like I think it was the takeover Portland where where Gargano stopped Champa from winning the title by grabbing the title, not letting him have it. And then he, like he cost him that thing. I could absolutely, who who am I kidding? It doesn't matter how recently they did it. They'll still do it. Adam Cole costing Kyle because he doesn't want Kyle to become champ.
4: See, but here's what you're forgetting. that was a pre-COVID world different timeline completely those 5 sure. years ago. Yeah. We're we're good to go. We can run that back. Yeah. I look, they fought in the Tokyo Dome. Adam versus Kyle is money. I would just rather see the money for the championship.
2: The uh the yeah. correct answer to the winner of the Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly match is the fans, folks. That's yes, the one. That so we all win. And uh, we all won tonight doing this recap of both AEW AEW Dynamite and NXT. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for hanging around here till the very end. I really appreciate it. If you liked it, do give the video a thumbs up. That stuff always helps out out a great deal. But what also helps out a great deal is if you find out what Robert DeFelice is up to this week, and he's going to tell us.
4: Yes, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DudeFelice, as you see on the screen. I'm also over at WrestleZone doing their podcast Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. I do the news there throughout the week. I'm over here on Fightful Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I do smart out moment podcasts on Wednesday and Saturday, which you can see here on YouTube at smart out moment. And yeah, that's it for me. This was fun. It was, it was a good time to have you, Robert. It's going to be a good time moving
2: forward.
3: Alex, what about you? Where can people follow you? You can find me on the Twitter at Alex sour graps. I do the sour grab show twice a week Tuesdays and Saturdays talking about uh just just the worst kind of wrestling he program he talks about retribution weekend. is what he does well i i, I well, well i didn't this past week cuz cuz they had the night off so you know we'll, we'll talk about other things <laughs>
4: You get the night off when you get a contract. Yeah, exactly. You know? Sign your
2: contract the next week. Take take a breather, guys. Stay at home.
3: <laughs> they signed the contract It's like, "All right, in the contract, our first two weeks we're on vacation, right?" Okay, we're signing the contract. Uh, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Warren Hayes.
2: why don't you go subscribe to my own YouTube channel at YouTube.com/slash Mr. Warren Hayes and join me for my live show tomorrow evening, uh, Thursday, 9 p.m. Come join us; it's a good time. But it was a good time tonight, folks. The premiere of of Robert D. Felice and the, uh, the continuing saga of Alex Pawlowski. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you next Wednesday. Thank you for showing up